blessed to have Brother Bob Fu here with us today. And before I ask him to come speak, I just want to give a brief introduction. Bob Fu is a leading voice in the world for persecuted faith communities in China. He was born and raised in mainland China and was a student leader during the Tiananmen Square Freedom Demonstrations in 1989. He graduated from the School of International Relations at the People's University of Beijing and taught English to Communist Party officials at Beijing Administrative College and Beijing Party School of, Chinese, of the Chinese Communist Party from 93 to 96. Fu was also a house church leader in Beijing until imprisoned with his wife, Heidi, for illegal evangelism in 1996. Bob and Heidi fled to the United States as religious refugees in 1997. They founded China Aid in 2002 to bring international attention to China's gross human rights violations. As president of China Aid, Bob Fu has testified before congressional commissions, the House Foreign Affairs Committee, the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, the Congressional Executive Commission on China, the United Nations Commission on Human Rights, and the Foreign Press Association, the European Commission, and European Union, Union Parliament. Fu regularly briefs the State Department and members of Congress, including members of the International Religious Freedom Caucus, on religious oppression and law in China. Fu has also advised U.S. presidents at the White House. He graduated with a Ph.D. from St. John's College at the University of Durham in the UK in the field of religious freedom and from Westminster Theological Seminary in Philadelphia. Midwest University awarded him an honorary doctorate of global Christian leadership where he served as a distinguished professor on religion and public policy. He is a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. He currently serves as the Family Research Council Senior Fellow for International Religious Freedom and President of China Aid. We simply know him as a friend. We are honored and blessed to have him with us today. Please join in welcoming, me, welcoming Brother Bob Fu. Thank you, Brother R.C., for uh, that kind introduction. Um, after all, just forget about all these uh, nonsense titles. We are fellow brothers uh, in Christ. Amen. 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 Uh, we are so blessed. You know, Heidi and I uh, had been here a number of times. Uh, really, every time when we, you know, either uh, being hosted um, in the extreme hospitality at Brother Joe and Sister Mary's uh, beautiful house and um, being um, comforted uh, by Brother uh, How uh, Howard and uh, many of you, uh, we have been tremendously blessed. Indeed, um, we're several um, Thanksgiving uh, season, uh, we were sitting in the midst and uh, enjoy uh, the total merge of the Holy Spirit and his presence, as many brothers and sisters testify today. And it's just uh, so refreshing, of course. Um, when I look at, you know, what it said, I mean, in the Psalms, let everything that has breath to praise, and praise the Lord, 
and worship the Lord. Isn't that the purpose of our life? It is uh, to be a manifestation of God's glory in every part, in every walks of our life. Amen. And this is uh, especially true um, when kind of you are in the middle of the the beautiful, the most beautiful worship. I mean, the music. Um, we should really, I don't um, know the tradition here, but usually we give the worship team a big round of applause for what they have done, you know, for the glory of the Lord. Can we do that? <laughs> you know, I think it's like really beautiful. Um, it is uh, not a ritual. It is uh, not a habit, not a tradition. It is the presence of the Lord when they are leading us, singing. And you just couldn't help but uh, just standing up and bow down, right? I mean, that is uh, what the Lord requires us, that, uh, you know, every tongue shall confess, every, uh, you know, uh, bow, um, knee, sorry, every knee, I'm still working on my Chinglish, we call it Chinese, DK knows that. So every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Kurios uh, Jesus Christus. Amen? Jesus Christ is the Lord. And um, I remember even when, um, in 1996, when Heidi and I, we were um, in Beijing and started up a house church over there uh, among the Chinese universities, um, basically in the university district. Uh, we felt called to ministry, you know, share the gospel with those really millions of Chinese students who are so hungry and thirsty for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we started uh, sharing the gospel, then start up church, and then start up an underground training center. And then later on, it's over time. Uh, we, of course, had been uh, asked uh, to learn this uh, so-called prison theology. Prison theology. Uh, some of you had met with uh, uh, Pastor uh, Peter Xu, right? And he's our first generation of house church leaders. And these are the guys had been always teaching us, uh, you know, if you want to be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, the first theological course you need to take in the Chinese church is called prison theology. Not systematic theology, not uh, Hebrew and Greek. Well, we shouldn't downplay Hebrew and Greek, but... Not, you know, the hermeneutics even. It is called prison theology. And if you have the PowerPoint, you see um, my, the pastor who, bapti who baptized me spent uh, over 17 years, Pastor Young, in prison. And uh, the pastor uh, who um, married Heidi and I, Pastor Alan Yuan, yes. So that pastor spent 17 years imprisonment purely for the name of Christ next one yes so that uh, that's 1993 uh, our wedding and Pastor Alan Yuan spent over 22 years and 8 months plus another 10 years even after he was released from prison without freedom 32 years basically but 
you know, when you see them, you, you see the angel, you see the, the, the total presence of the Lord that, that is uh, on their face, uh, faces. Basically, they are smiling, they're shining, they're rejoicing. As the Apostle Paul said, you know, rejoice from his prison, right? As when he was in the, in the prison um, in the Philippi, when he was ministering and uh, being jailed, and chained and shackled, and Paul and Silas was not just uh, uh, you know praying for international religious freedom. <laughs> Said, "Oh, okay, Lord, release me, you release me," and uh, or you know send uh, Samaritan prayers, give me a few Christmas packs. <laughs> no, they are actually singing and praising the Lord, right? I mean, they are worshiping. They are said, the scripture said, they are singing, they are rejoicing. And then what happened? The chain was broken. The shackle was down. And even the prison evangelism immediately started, right? Those prison guards immediately came to them. What did they say? They said, brothers, what could we do to get saved? That's called prison theology. I remember um, even like, you know, as a, a guy, uh, almost like the uh, music uh, blindness uh, with not much gift on that. And uh, when um, the first three days nice, uh, when I, uh, Heidi and I were both thrown into prison, um, and um, after basically three days of nice of nonstop, 24-7 kind of uh, 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 interrogation, beaten, torture, and uh, knocking down uh, in the interrogation room by three shifts of uh, interrogators. I was a little tired and, of course, a little, you know, uh, in the flesh, very a uh, little fearful. Um, but uh, they couldn't uh, get uh, much uh, of, uh, for, from me to betray our brothers and sisters, because they want to know every name in our church and uh, every overseas teachers or in our underground uh, uh, training center. And um, so I could not give to them. Then they threw me into one prison cell. It was, uh, you know, the first night, basically, when I was uh, pushed into the prison. And uh, I was, uh, uh, I felt very strange because none of the prisoners uh, was uh, talking to me. I thought, hmm, what had happened? And uh, during the midnight, it was my shift. You know, every uh, 12, every six hours, there two prisoners were assigned to watch other prisoners so that they couldn't commit suicide. So it was my turn with another prison, uh, prisoner in my cell. We uh, watched others. I was just uh, quietly asking him, I said, what happened? Why are you guys just uh, you know, staring at me? Nobody talked to me. Uh, unlike other new prisoners came, usually they have their uh, kind of uh, first round of uh, their own interrogation. We usually end up uh, with a lot of beat beating and a lot of torture in front of us. But they left me alone. And uh, that guy said, well, didn't you know that before you came in, you?" Uh, Every one of us were told by the prison guards that this guy has some prison, uh, poisonous message. He's very poisonous. 
<laughs> said, uh, you, none of you should talk to him. <laughs> and, uh, and so the, 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 the name of the Lord to the devil is very poisonous, right? But uh, to the kingdom of God, that is the power of salvation. Power of God. So I learned later on, actually, the Communist Party changed the Chinese prison rules. They, want, they, they made a, a new rule that no, uh, um, every prison cell should not hold more than two Christian prisoners there. I think they have read the scripture, right? <laughs> when two or three together, there is a church, right? So they don't want to establish a church. So now, I mean, so I was alone over there, and uh, but the next morning, what could we do? We were sit, uh, being asked to sit like this. Uh, maybe I should uh, borrow one chair. <laughs> and we were like it's uh, about twenty to uh, square meter uh, prison cell, holding some thirty prisoners. I mean. Every prisoner like, uh, is being assembled, like uh, if you saw some how to cook Chinese dumpling, that's how they did it. <laughs> Every prisoner was just, uh, you know, have one square, you know, so there's small space. So if you use the toilet room, then you lost space at midnight. So, but there, every morning we were asked to like sit like this. So we're lining up. That is like a 10 to 14 hours a day. Every day, you have to do this. And you can't, usually you can't talk. That, well, I mean, I remembered um, some reformer said, you know, the Christian faith is a sin faith, right? If uh, you don't sing, I mean, in the church, then you are really lack that part of the most important worship. So what did I do? I felt led by the Holy Ghost, and uh, basically I said, "Ready? I'm going to teach you a song." <laughs> so they are bored, right? I mean, 14 hours every day like this, and you can't even like, uh, you know, shake uh, your head. And uh, so I started uh, singing. I mean, teaching them. I feel very humbled in front of the musicians, the two musicians. <laughs> and I said, "Ready, set, go." So, you know that song, right? Amen. Give thanks to the Lord. Amen. And guess what? I mean, these uh, prisoners, you know, they are very gifted learning. And especially learning this song so quickly. I just need a, a few times practice. So by the time the first day uh, before you finish, everyone, every prisoner in that cell, they can sing, give thanks to the Lord. Amen. Can you imagine every, this is the next morning, our prison cell became a worship team. And, so, and then, again and again, several days, until one day I was dragged to the prison guard's office. The guy basically holding an electric shock baton. 
And turning on and said, this is the holy ground of the Chinese Communist Party. You can't spread your superstitious message, poison other prisoners. So he did it point out the gospel is poisonous to them. It's penetrating already, they felt. And uh, then he said, if you continue to do this, this is what we're going to treat you. The electric shock baton, you know, it's very, very long. The, the zzz, you know, that uh, flash. And, um, you know, from the flash, again, I feel a little scared. Um, but I won't, I, I feel, you know, the, when the Holy Spirit kind of was speaking, mobilizing in your heart, you just could not control, right? And uh, so I said, okay, I won't uh, do that. Um, then the next day, what should I do? So, you know, uh, we are uh, created by the creator of the universe. So the Lord gave us creativity, right? So I couldn't uh, sing the words, but at least I could uh, help them learn, I mean, continue. So I said, uh, ready, set, go. So that is uh, even better, right? So they, uh, not only my prison cells became the beautiful worship team, I could hear when we, right off we started, the neighboring prison cells, they have followed us. So the whole prison column has become a big worship team. That is a beauty. I mean, it was like the Lord has transformed. You have, we have drug dealers. We have some even Communist Party corrupted officials. We're all jailed in my prison cell. You know, where can you find a better place to ministry, right? I mean, you, in the ordinary time, Heidi and I were, you know, keep busy sharing the gospel to those uh, uh, 20 years old students. And uh, we rarely can have any opportunity to meet a drug dealer, right? In Beijing, you need to find some unique access to get to the drug dealers. But that's how the Lord put you there. And uh, so every night, I was as busy as of any full-time minister. Basically, from day to night, I mean, every night, you have prisoners came up to me and said, oh, tell me about this Jesus. Oh, tell me about your faith. Tell me why you are still joyful. They are freed of their life. Some like uh, were essentially uh, will be sentenced to life in prison. I remembered one Communist Party official from the Ministry of Agri uh, the Ministry of Culture, and he was so down. He was like, uh, one day I, I think uh, um, his wife used a special channel, maybe bribing some prison guards, and uh, sent him a pair of uh, like handmade shoes uh, and uh, I could tell after he got that pair of shoes he was not paying attention on the shoes he got hold of that pair of shoes and started scratching every part of that you know the, the, the shoes and then finally found a little small paper note 
It was just a very short, like, a greeting message from his wife. That was how desperate they are. But their hearts are totally open and totally ready to know Christ. So that is called a prison theology. That is called the, I think, when we see the biblical Christian faith, I think this church had been adhering, had been following that. And that's called what we, in the Second Corinthians 5, I want to read this part of the scripture as, uh, also as, uh, as the encouragement, because that's also part of uh, how the Lord saved and redeemed and filled me 30 some two years ago. Here's what Paul said. He said, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Ministry of reconciliation. Number, uh, verse 28. Verse 20 said, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, like our dear sister to South Africa. Your ambassador, right? Your ambassador. We're all ambassador for Christ. With a special ministry, said, as Paul said, we are therefore God's ambassadors as though God were making this appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So that is the, uh, the, the very specific part of the scripture. 19, 32 years ago, if you can, um, can you go back to the, uh, the um, yes, I was there in the Tiananmen Square. That time, I was not a Christian, and uh, I was uh, basically uh, a young college student uh, um, being impacted, I guess, by the American uh, constitutionalism, the, the kind of a democracy and freedom in a humanistic way. So like many millions of other students, I led my university students uh, to the Tiananmen Square. We occupied part of the Tiananmen Square until, of course, that early morning of June 4th, 1989, 32 years ago. And when the Chinese military, you know, tanks, machine guns start ruling over, start uh, basically shooting and killing, murdering uh, hundreds, I mean, thousands of innocent citizens. Of course, you know, I was taken to the interrogation room basically in our university, um, the Communist Party start taking revenge. It was during that time, it was the most desperate time. It's the most uh, delusional time to me because I thought I was a good man. I was a good um, kind of a humanist and tried to reform the Communist Party for the good of China, 
for the millions of Chinese people. Why I was treated like a criminal all of a sudden? I did not even burn any, uh, you know, military vehicles or tanks. But at that time, I thought my life might be end from there, and there won't be any future for me. And I would rather die than being fired, you know, kicked out of the school back to my peasant, you know, uh, farming farmer village. Uh, you know, my mother was a beggar, my father was a disabled man, and you know, for those of you knew about China, thank. Also, I need to thank you guys for adopting DK into your village. <laughs> He's from my hometown area, you know, where Shandong is. And uh, so he knows that if we, 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 the only way for peasants, children, to get uh, any bright future into the city is through this difficult college entrance exam. So we made it that way, got into college, and um, if you were like uh, fired, uh, kicked back, you know, being dismissed from school, especially with a political criminal charge or political kind of charges on your head, you want to die than being embarrassing. Not only your family has no future for promotion or getting to, uh, to join the civil servant or any, uh, any jobs, but your whole village, your whole county will blame you. They will be implied. implied. So I was uh, seriously contemplating a suicide, seriously, at the time. But it was during that time the Lord came into my life. And they came to, he came to my life through our American missionary that you guys sent. I mean, basically to China, they are English teachers, but they are, their whole heart is to share the gospel like our dear sister had done to those Chinese students. They had prayed uh, by name, every one of our classmates in the English department. And uh, for years, there's not a so-called spiritual fruit, no conversion, until this Tiananmen massacre happened. I, by the grace of the Lord, was chosen as the first uh, spiritual fruit, first Chinese spiritual fruit, as a new Chinese Christian in my whole university. And praise the Lord, he made it happen. And even out of that tragic massacre, not only st you know, stopped from me, and then of course my first mission target was my then girlfriend, who later on became my wife, Heidi, and uh, thankfully, she persecuted me only for one week. <laughs> and uh, then he, she also became a follower of Christ. And then the Holy Spirit, like a fire, like uh, you know, English department, English department, and uh, you know, even professors had come to Christ. And we, the missionary teachers, were so busy they have to separate our boys from girls, like uh, two different groups, and. Uh, have different uh, security secret code. I remember our boys called uh, BBB. It's a bi I think it's a boys Bible on bed. 
because we have to climb into a, uh, uh, the, the building that our American teachers stayed there. You know, they have guards. We have to climb clandestinely and uh, sneak in and study Bible or surrounding you know, on, he, uh, on the bed. It was uh, so we called a BBB group. And the uh, women, they called it PPP. I only remember something related to praise. Still need to decode. And, uh, but it was just a phenomenal growth. It was uh, the revival just uh, continued even after we left that university to the point just a few years ago, one of the recently graduate from that college uh, university flew from China directly, I mean basically made from China to Midland, Texas, in West Texas, just try to tell, I mean, share with me. He said, Brother Fu, you didn't know actually after you left, the revival continued. In that university alone, and now it's a big university with the tens of thousands of students, he said in the past two decades, the revival was so big, there was a church planted next to the university campus and in the past two decades or so, over 10,000 students and professors had been baptized in that one church alone. And that is the Holy Spirit, right? That is the Lord. That is the Lord. That's the revival. That's the part of the prison theology. Because uh, the Communist Party, I mean, as much as they are just, uh, uh, you know, continuing the persecution, let's... Uh, Bring more slides, shows, um, yeah, please continue. Yeah, um, continue. So that's our old church. Uh, we were in Beijing. So they're doing church destruction, after destruction, uh, the cross demol demolition campaign uh, started from about uh, eight years ago, and thousands of crosses were being teared down, burnt, and destroyed. And uh, many, 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 many brothers and sisters had been detained, imprisoned in the past uh, just three weeks. I mean, we have, we have received like those brothers and sisters reports. Uh, I mean, the one sister was sentenced to 12 years imprisonment. For what? For simply setting up a church tithing offering box in their church building. That's called illegal business uh, or, or, or fraud is called a business fraud because that church was not registered, deemed as illegal, and that sister was sentenced to 12 years imprisonment. And we have another, uh, uh, and also Christian sister who uh, led a, a Christian company manufacturing this uh, Bible audio players, you know, these MP3 players. And a legally registered company. And she received six years imprisonment just two weeks ago. And her husband, a house church leader, received three years imprisonment. And almost every day we receive this report. And let's see more. Can you um, just uh, quickly? Um, so it's all this cross. So the cross became the enemy. I mean, that's really also the scriptural, right? So, to the parish. So, this preacher, and um, one more. Oh, sorry. 
So that was a, the preacher was dragged away, and later on, that pastor was sentenced to 12 years. Pastor John from Henan Province. And guess what? After he was arrested and sentenced to 12 years imprisonment, and his church recently just sent us a report because we, we kind of had been ministering uh, with them uh, over the years. And uh, he said, hallelujah. This, uh, you know, our, although our pastor is in prison, last year, even in the middle of a pandemic, we called the Communist Party virus, CCP virus. Remember that name? <laughs> Not COVID-19, and that's an academic name, but CCP virus, okay? It's a Communist Party of China's virus. And so that was, uh, even in the middle of that, you know, if uh, they would, the Communist Party forbid even online prayer. I mean, in our, also in DKNI's hometown, uh, called Zibo, one city, one brother, just when the pandemic started last March, this brother felt, you know, the call for uh, prayer and fasting from uh, social media, from online. He said, let's have a 10-day fast and prayer meeting for the pandemic and also for our affected American brothers and sisters. And guess what? Next day, the internet police, you know, China has over about uh, from 250,000 to half a million internet police so they're on the full-time job is you know look at the screen so John or look who are posting what and then they will immediately locate on you of course now with the face recognition cameras every Chinese now has at least two face recognition cameras following them about 2.8 billion face recognition cameras installed in China. So you basically, they immediately knew who he is and knock his door and say, you are under administrative detention for engaging illegal prayer meeting online. There's an illegal prayer meeting online. So he was sentenced to, uh, I think, 40, 48 hours or 24 hours, uh, I mean, one or two days administrative detention. And um, guess what? After his detention finished, he was uh, calling again. He said, brothers and sisters, let, let's make two more days of our fast prayer because I lost two more days. Lost two days of fast prayer. So that's the resilience. I mean, that's the spirit. is kind of uh, inside the, this, uh, the house church in China. And praise the Lord that because... Uh, if the, 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 the belief is uh, if we are in prison, Jesus wins, right? Because prison quickly turned to be a church. If we are out of prison, the Communist Party will see us out of control because the gospel of Jesus Christ, no one, no political authority, no party, no White House, or no Zhongnanhe, no Nothing, as Christ, I mean, as Paul in the book of Romans chapter 8 said, right? I mean, neither demons, no angels, neither death, neither time, no anything can stop or separate the love of Christ from ours. Amen? Amen. The love of Christ.
can never be separated from ours. That is how I think the kingdom of God has been unstoppable expanding from south to north, from east to west, all over China, even in Tibet, even in Xinjiang. Some of you may know that in the past few years, the Chinese Communist Party put between one to three million these ethnic Uyghurs, the Uyghur ethnicity, most of them are actually Muslim believers, and some are, you know, a few are, some are Christians, into the modern day concentration camp. Concentration camp, according to the Pentagon's estimate, one to three million. And the imagery from the satellite shows at least 380 these concentration camps had been established. I mean, not only for adults, but for children. I mean, you can Google it. And so all these reports, is credible reports. And, uh, you know, the 20th, first, the 20th century, we saw the Holocaust, you know, the murder of Jews. Now, we now see this group, this Uyghur, Kazakhs, and even some Han Chinese in the Xinjiang, the whole Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region in the West, West China has become a big labor camp. Not only for adults, but for children too. And it, it is a, a Secretary Pompeo designated as ethnic cleansing, genocide, and crime against humanity. So this is happening in the modern century right now under a watch. But I didn't realize actually, you know, even in the middle of the genocide, the Lord also is, his, his spirit is penetrating everywhere. Just last week, we hosted a Uyghur Christian family. Uyghur Christian family visited us in Midland, Texas. I shouldn't name his name in case, you know, it was spread it to the Communist Party. <laughs> Although I believe you, okay. Um, but we, according to that brother, uh, he is uh, almost the gospel worker in the, uh, from China, from Xinjiang area. He himself is Uyghur, his wife is Uyghur, uh, three beautiful children, and they are all like dedicated Christ followers. And he told me, he said, brother, we actually, they moved to Kazakhstan and the ministering at the Kazakhstan border and uh, Xinjiang. They said, there is a revival among our people. He said, the Lord must have a greater purpose. Even using this concentration camp, the terrifying thing, and now cause a big spiritual revival. A lot of uh, Uyghurs now, even in their dreams and visions, they met with Yeshua, Jesus Christ, and they have come to the Lord. Miracles, wonders, and signs, like the early house church revival in from the 1960s, when the Chairman Mao you started this cultural revolution, when no Christian is, is even allowed to exist, and uh, then God has safeguard, preserve these seven thousand who have not bowed to the ball, right? Amen? The Lord is good, and He's always faithful. 
when the Communist Party took power in China in 1949, after one and a half centuries of uh, foreign missionaries, you know, blood and sweat, labor, even many were martyred in China. And, you know, in 1952, basically, 1951, Chairman Mao basically kicked out all the foreign missionaries out of China. Then they established this so-called uh, three-self, um, the original name is called Anti-America Aiding Korea Three-Self Patriotic Movement. So that was the original, uh, the government-sanctioned church organization name. Uh, you remember the Korean War started. So in light of that, nobody is allowed to believe, really, the whole council of God. Nobody's belief is allowed to believe, you know, the, the, from Genesis to Revelation. They're only allowed to believe the revolutionary part, like, uh, you know, put Jesus as a communist. And even today, some of the Chinese textbooks are changed when they quote the scripture by putting Jesus as an outlaw revolutionary. And so that is a happening. But, you know, God in his supernatural way, I don't need to preach to the choir because we, aren't we all, we all believe that God is the living God. Amen? He was, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? And praise the Lord. So, after the cultural revolution, of course, no, not even religion being allowed to exist. Many, many foreign observers basically said, oh, you know, Christianity must be done in China. And uh, in uh, 1967, the second year after the Cultural Revolution started, Chairman Mao's wife, Madame Jiang Qing, even uh, massed like uh, truckloads of uh, thousands of thousands of copies of the Bible that confiscated from believers' homes and, and uh, gathered them at the Shanghai Revolutionary Square. And then when the Bible were lit on fire, being burned, Chairman Mao's wife, she declared, she said, ha ha, from today's on, the word Christianity is forever into the museum of China's history. She declared Christianity is dead. Actually, 10 years later, after the Cultural Revolution, she was arrested. And after another 10 years, she was found hanging herself, committed suicide. But in 1982, when China reopened, and uh, some American missionaries, uh, scholars, went to Hong Kong, started interviewing those who escaped to Hong Kong. And they found that God's church not only still there, but actually are growing, are growing so fast. And today, do you know how many Christians in China? It's hard to estimate, of course, given the censorship and um, crackdown. But according to a number from Purdue University, uh, Institute of uh, Sociology, uh, I mean, on, on Christians, uh, on Christian uh, religion and cultural studies, after several years, there, the, those survey, the did survey, 
and research and compare the past 100 years religions, religion growth, religious growth, not only Christianity, but, you know, Catholics and uh, other religions. And they found, they said, basically, even with the conservative number, uh, uh, the estimate, they said the number of Christians in China today, at least, they said, have reached to a minimum 100 million from less than 1 million when Communist Party took power. And after non-stop persecution and crackdown in the past 70 years, under this brutal communism, we have 100-fold growth of God's church. 100-fold God's church. This is the prison theology. And not only that, the, according to the same Purdue University research, you can Google that too, and they, they made it very scientific. They said in the next decade or so, by 2030, they said if the Communist Party like even relaxed its religious policy, like allowing some freedom of worship, by 2030, the number of Chinese Christians is projected with the slowest, you know, the growth, because usually when you have a lot of more freedom in the church history, the less church growth. What a paradigm, right? Like <laughs> more freedom, less church growth, just like American church, right? And then they said um, they projected by 2030 at the minimum number of Christians in China will reach to 220. Four million. That's two more than two thirds of American population. These are die-hard Peter Xu type of Christian followers, like you guys. You know, full of fire. You know, really ready to die for the Lord. Because after all, as Paul said, if we live, we live for Christ. If we die, we die for Christ. Whether we live or die, we belong to Christ. That's the life of uh, most persecuted brothers and sisters. And if uh, now under President Xi Jinping, this uh, brutal dictator, I mean, not a single Chinese children under 18 years old is even allowed to come close to the church building. Every, I mean, I have some slides. Every church building is, of course, a government-sanctioned church has signs that no children under 18, no students, no Communist Party members, no Youth League members, no civil servants. Others, these five no's basically is allowed to even enter into the church building. So the, Satan kind of uh, is trying to cut off God's church from the next generation. So I was so touched when I see entered into the sanctuary, see all this beautiful you have the most beautiful children in the, this uh, congregation, this church. And praise the Lord. And, and yet in China, millions of Chinese children last year alone were forced to sign a prepared statement by the Chinese Communist Party to renounce their faith. Millions. We received credible reports. Even, you know, some high school, like have 200 Christian 
students. I mean, the, after the multiple threats, including you know, kick out from the school, the parents would lose their job, the grandparents would lose their social welfare, and all kinds of threats. Yes, this is the most intensive persecution time that we have not seen in 40 years in China. So brothers and sisters, if one thing take away from today my sharing to give you the burden, I know you will hold it, is to pray, pray, and pray. Because as the head of China Aid, um, you know, Christian ministry, we're not just, you know, interested in just uh, establishing a bigger, you know, uh, you know uh, kind of a more influential uh, uh, kind of NGO, non-government organization. Our heart is to walk with the persecuted brothers and sisters by exposing their abuses, by encouraging this abuse, by equipping the leaders. We call it a 3E mission. So we want, you know, you as fellow one part of the body, brothers, you know, in, in this, the whole body of Christ, if the other part in China suffers, I hope you feel the same suffering. And we give you the burden to at least to offer, to lift them up. I know Brother Harvard, Brother Joe, and they have been sharing and they actually, in the past few uh, months, right, we were praying especially for that uh, we called Mayflower Church, Pastor Pan's church in Jeju Island, South Korea. I'm at this church with 32 children, 28 adults. They all were persecuted so heavily. They lost their school, everything. They escaped to Jeju Island in South Korea. That South Korean government denied their asylum. So they had been stuck there. I know many of you had been praying for them because the prayer makes the difference, right? Prayer moves mountains, prayer moves rivers. When, you know, Elijah prayed, we know, right, what had happened. So this is a spiritual warfare. We're not fighting with the flesh and blood. And the Communist Party, President Xi, is not our enemy. Actually, when if you, uh, can you uh, uh, fold to another, again, one more, yeah, so, I mean, when this uh, brother, I mean, this brother Alim, another a Uyghur Christian who was sentenced to 15 years imprisonment, when his wife visited him in prison, he said, I finally, I realized, actually, it's the Lord's blessing to send me to spend, you know, spend my prison term for my people, Uyghurs, in that prison. Because he was a Christian minister among the Uyghurs in Xinjiang. And uh, he said, please share with our brothers and sisters to pray for us. They're not praying for, you know, even reducing their sentence. But he said, pray that our faith, my faith could be strengthened in the middle of persecution. Pray the Lord will increase my joy Amen. despite of the persecution. And that uh, Christian lawyer, if you uh, move back a little bit, yeah, the Christian, perhaps the, the most well-known 
Chinese Christian lawyer called the Conscience of China, twice nominated for Nobel Peace Prize. He was tortured, it was, I mean, lost everything. In a way, the Communist Party even used the toothpick, you know, to torture, I, because we have children, I couldn't uh, say that, but use electric shock batons and uh, torture everywhere. And the last time, you know, that was, I talked with him was four years ago before he was disappeared again. Four years ago, he was disappeared again, and nobody has heard any word from him. And, but when I talked with him, he already suffered almost eight years in prison, in torture chamber. But he shared with, with a, a, a beautiful, painful, but beautiful story. He said, Brother Fu, before I was taken into prison, actually, I was, he was ready to be baptized. But when he, was, he showed up in a house church in Beijing, because he was so well known, that house church was even scared. And they basically declined to baptize him. That was a weakness of that church. But he was then taken away by the secret police. And he said, the, during my eight years of uh, hard, hardest experience in the Chinese uh, government prison, and um, the Lord's presence has never left me. I said, how? And you didn't have a Bible. You didn't uh, really even uh, memorize much because he's a new believer in Christ. This is what happened to him. He said this is from this brother Gao Zhishong. And you can remember him as brother Gao, G-A-O. He said uh, one day when he was tortured in, the, in a torture chamber, Basically, he was put naked, and three interrogators, all of them had an electric shock baton, basically, you know, started torturing him. And to the point, he said, I can smell the burning of my skin. But all of a sudden, like instantly, God has uh, supernaturally almost built up a shield he said to the point he felt like so peaceful. He did not feel any pain at all. Only smell the burning skin. No feeling, you know, pain at all. And he fell to sleep and start snoring. <laughs> and those two, three interrogators were so frustrated. He said, they were like uh, kicking him. This, I mean, used water and uh, woke him up. They were so angry. They said, look, we were like wet with sweat. And, uh, and you were snoring? And he's like, what happened to you? This is what brother lawyer Gao told them. He said, because the one inside me is much bigger than what you have. Amen? Praise the Lord. That's, that's what God, the living God. So he know, he know God better, know him more intimately in the torture chamber. This is the guy I was on the phone. I went to Thailand, rescued his wife and two children. I mean, seeing the daughter was cutting herself. I mean, because the, priest, the Communist Party sent uh, their security guards 
went to their home seven days, 24 hours a day, a day, seven days a week, and forced the, uh, the, the, uh, his wife and the children have the light and the, the, the security guards in their living room and forced them, I mean, basically monitoring them, watching the little girl, you know, from bedroom to shower room. She is not allowed even to open, to close the door when she was doing shower. So a security guard was watching. So she, until they cut off her school and said, you can't go to school anymore, she couldn't hold. And she cut herself. And I saw these scars. I saw the scars of Jesus. That through that scars, she was healed in the sense when I rescued them to the United States. That's their first thing. They say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Without God, there's no way they are able even to walk out of their home. Their home is like a prison. And even in the past 12 years, they have not the husband, I mean, the wife has never seen her husband, the two children already grown up, has never seen their father again. But God is their father, the heavenly father. He is the father of the orphans. He is the father of the fatherless. And I want to end up um, by sharing one poem from one of the Chinese-American, uh, one of my closest friends, who was jailed and then sentenced to seven years imprisonment two years ago, Pastor John Tao. He has a Caucasian-American wife and uh, living in, in the United States for more than three decades. And then he, after he was called to ministry in the Burmese-China border by setting up 16 schools for 2,000 children. This Burmese, you know, Kachin, you know, persecuted minority people were bombarded by the Burmese military for years. So they were in the mountain, cornered, no education, barefooted. When Pastor John Thaw, CAO, went to that uh, area, he saw the Lord, you know, calling him. So within a year, he set up these schools and uh, he even used the scripture and made uh, textbooks that mobilized American uh, Chinese house churches to minister, I mean, to these children. And one year later, all the 2,000 children have come to Christ. Every one of them. Praise the Lord. And then Satan didn't like that. He was lured back to China, given uh, seven years imprisonment. This is what he wrote. He wrote a lot of uh, prison poems from his prison cell. I want to read just one as an encouragement to all of you. Uh, we're about to actually uh, publish one, uh, I mean, one book uh, about from, smuggled out from his prison. So this is uh, one of them. It's, it's from Pastor John Thaw's prison. He said, you can take away my freedom, but you can't take my prayers. My prayers have wings, leaps over the iron mesh high wall. Many brothers and sisters 
have heard them. Today you heard them. And they fly freely every day and reach this heaven on the blue sky. You can impose heavy punishment on me, but you can't hold my soul and spirit. It's like a tearful yellow bird gently prays to the iron gate. My Savior must have heard my voice. You can deprive me of the sun. I eat leftovers with coldness every day, but you can't extinguish the brightness that the Lord has placed in my heart. Greetings from all over the world make me warm, passion fluttering. Do you think that I'm lonely? Have you seen any Christian walking alone in your 70 years of persecution? He was talking to the communist guards. Do you think that persecution can stop the church? How really, how really ignorant you are. He's even rebuking the prison guards. Turning on the history of the millennium, which page is not suffering with joy for Christians? Which page is not sprinkled with blood on the narrow path of the thorns? You think that the walls around me are blocking my vision and make me uncertain of the direction? I never look around the environment, but just look up at heaven with my eyes. You are the blind riding on the horses. So you think that everyone crosses the river by feeling the stones. I have a rod of my shepherd, capital H, S, H, in my heart. And my Lord certainly helps me to move forward. This is just one part of the scripture. I hope every one of you uh, would feel encouraged and edified by this sharing. Uh, let me close with a short prayer. Lord God, we thank you. We praise you. We worship you with our tongues. Yes, Lord, every tongue confess, every knee shall bow that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Yes, you are the Lord of lords. You are the King of kings. And no power, no authority, no politics, no organization, no demon, no angels can separate the love of Christ from ours, from your people, Lord. Thank you. And Lord, I thank you for the heritage ministries, for their years of labor, Lord, and to reach out with the gospel of Jesus Christ, penetrating not only in Waco, but throughout the United States of America and to the world. Lord, thank you for using them. Lord, I pray, I pray the blessings to each one of these saints, Lord, in Jesus Christ. Lord, I bless every one of these children. Lord, may the gospel seed deeply planted in their heart. And may you also give them visions and signs so that they are also continue to live out the word and live out the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, I, we pray we just uh, honor you and lift up your name alone in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
encouragement that when the Lord wants to build the church, he sends persecution. Amen. I think we can take some hope on that. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much. You've touched our hearts. You've expanded our burdens. Amen. You've given focus to our prayers. Amen. And may God bless this ministry. And may God bless all the efforts of his people in every place who are calling on his name from a sincere heart. Touch them, Lord. Answer their prayers. Let them feel the company of your people supporting them around the globe. In Jesus' name, amen. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. Give thanks with a grateful
Thank you.